Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Eli James here, along with Dan from Georgia. And this is Genesis to Revelation on Eurofolk Radio. February 18th, we're almost at uh, the so-called President's Day, where, what, the, the, did we already have Martin Luther King Day? Right. <laughs> 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 yeah, they, they gave him his own holiday. Of course, we're talking about the international Jews. And uh, they demoted uh, Lincoln and Washington to their uh, President's Day, right? Neither one of them gets their own holiday anymore, okay? So, uh, so of course, uh, the international Jew need to, needed to set up a black person to uh, you know, be a role model for all Antifa and Black Lives Matter, right? That's how that works, <laughs> folks. So, okay, so today we're going to uh, go into Second Chronicles chapter 30, which begins with the king. Uh, let me open it up real quick. Uh, I forgot the king's name already. Uh, Hezekiah. Uh, Hezekiah begins by celebrating Passover in the second month instead of the first month. But there is a law that covers that uh, way back in the Torah, so, Dan, why don't you read from this article that explains that? Okay. The name of this article is The Second Passover Explained. In recent years, the ministry of the Church of God has said little about the Second Passover. It was not listed on Holy Day calendars and seldom mentioned on sermons and never mentioned in TV broadcasts and literature. I remember a few years ago, a minister called me to ask how to calculate the Second Passover. For the first time in his ministry, he had a person in his congregation that inadvertently had missed the first Passover or the 14th day of the first month. He knew about the second Passover, but was not sure how to calculate it. In recent years, many newer members of the Church of God have never heard of the second Passover. <laughs> right. <laughs> OK. That's most Christians. <laughs> <laughs> This situation exists because for many years the ministry of the church failed to list it on Holy Day calendars or to teach this important Bible truth to the people. The Passover is the most important day of the year for a converted person. If he or she inadvertently misses the first Passover due to circumstances beyond their control, God had provided a makeup Passover. The fact that God provides a makeup day certainly emphasizes the importance of the Passover. Let us look at the biblical instructions for keeping the second Passover. Numbers chapter 9, verses 1 through 14. Verse 10 states, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, If anyone of your posterity is unclean because of a corpse or is far away on a journey, he may still keep the Lord's Passover. On the fourteenth day of the second month, at twilight, they may keep it. They shall eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Remember, we are keeping the New Testament Passover, accepting Jesus Christ as our Passover. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. We keep the second Passover the same way we keep the first Passover. See 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 26. You only keep the second Passover if you had, have inadvertently missed the first Passover. Take your Bible now and read how the nation of Judah... And some of Ephraim and Manasseh kept the second Passover in Hezekiah's day, Second Chronicles chapter thirty. 
<clears throat> Perfect intro for the chapter we're going to be reading right now, okay? <laughs> yep. So, well, here we see that uh, anybody who was unclean, uh, yeah, maybe if you hadn't cleaned out all of the 11 out of your house yet, <laughs> right, it, or ate leavened bread, there could be a, a multitude of reasons why you missed the first Passover. You could have been traveling, and uh, you, you could have been ill, you could have caught COVID or something like that, and you didn't want to infect everybody else. So I, su- I suppose you can keep it by yourself here. It doesn't give any instructions as to whether you need to be in the company of a bunch of people. So you could probably do this on your own if you missed the first one. So that's good. All right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, and uh, the author is absolutely correct. Most people, even Passover keeping Christian identities, have forgotten about the second Passover. So here it is. And so let's read from Second Chronicles chapter 30. Over to you. Second Chronicles chapter 30. And Hezekiah sent to all Israel and Judah and wrote letters also to Ephraim and Manasseh that they should come to see the house of Yahweh at Jerusalem to keep the Passover unto Yahweh God of Israel. For the king had taken counsel and his princes and all the congregation in Jerusalem to keep the Passover in the second month. For they could not keep it at that time because the priests had not sanctified themselves sufficiently. Uh Neither had the people gathered themselves together to Jerusalem. And the thing pleased the king and all the congregation. So they established a decree to make proclamation throughout all Israel from Beersheba even to Dan, that they should come to keep the Passover unto Yahweh God of Israel at Jerusalem. For they had not done it of a long time in such sort as it was written. Now, isn't this incredible that the Israel people hadn't been keeping the feast days, right? Well, we don't keep them today either. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Shh, don't tell anybody. (laughs) All right, yeah, so... Go We've got all these holidays like New Year's and Thanksgiving, oh, yeah. and yet we we keep none of the real um, feast right. days. Yeah, yeah. And we're, we're still bloated from uh, St. Valentine's Day. <laughs> St. Valentine's Day. And, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even think of Valentine's Day anymore because all, all I think about is Dresden when we come around to February 13th and 14th. Uh, talk about a real holocaust, right? I think the Jews invented Valentine's Day to cover up uh, memory of of Dresden. I'll bet they did. Back to you. Um, Verse 6. So the posts went with the letters from the king and his princes throughout all Israel and Judah. And according to the commandment of the king, saying, Ye children of Israel, turn again unto Yahweh, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, and he will return to the remnant of you that are escaped out of the hand of the kings of Assyria. And be not like and be not ye like your fathers and like your brethren, which trespassed against Yahweh God of their fathers, who therefore gave them up to desolation as you see. That speaks now, to us be, right now at this moment, as you just said, right? <laughs> be yeah. not like the, our evil fathers or our evil brethren, and don't trespass against Yahweh of our fathers. Back to you. Now, be ye not stiff-necked, as your fathers were, but yield yourselves unto Yahweh, and enter into his sanctuary, which he has sanctified forever, and serve Yahweh your God, 
that the fierceness of his wrath may turn away from you. For if you turn again unto Yahweh, your brethren and your children shall find compassion before them that led them captive, so that they shall come again into this land. For Yahweh your God is gracious and merciful, and will not turn away his face from you, if you return unto him. So the post passed from city to city through the country of Ephraim and Manasseh, even unto Zebulun. But they laughed them to scorn and mocked them. Nevertheless, diverse divers of Asher and Manasseh and of Zebulun humbled themselves and came to Jerusalem. Also in Judah, the hand of God was to give them one heart to do the commandment of the king and of the princes by the word of Yahweh. And there assembled at Jerusalem much people to keep the feast of unleavened bread in the second month, a very great congregation. And they arose and took away the altars that were in Jerusalem, and all the altars for incense took they away, and cast them into the brook Kidron. Then they killed the Passover on the fourteenth day of the second month, and the priests and the Levites were ashamed, and sanctified Uh themselves, and brought in the burnt offerings into the house of Yahweh. Look at this, the people are more righteous than we are. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and they stood in their place after their manner, according to the law of Moses, the man of God. The priests sprinkled the blood which they received from the hand of the Levites. For there were many in the congregation that were not sanctified. Therefore, the Levites had the charge of the killing of the Passovers for every one that was not clean, to sanctify them unto Yahweh. For a multitude of the people, even many of Ephraim and Manasseh, Issachar and Zebulun, had not cleansed themselves. Yet did they eat the Passover otherwise than it was written. But Hezekiah prayed for them, saying, The good Lord pardon everyone that prepareth his heart to seek God, Yahweh God of his fathers, though he be not cleansed according to the purification of the sanctuary. And Yahweh hearkened to Hezekiah and healed the people. And the children of Israel that were present at Jerusalem kept the feast of unleavened bread seven days with great gladness. And the Levites and the priests praised Yahweh day by day, singing with loud instruments unto Yahweh. And Hezekiah spake comfortably unto all the Levites that taught the good knowledge of Yahweh. And they did eat throughout the feast seven days, offering peace offerings and making confession to Yahweh God of their fathers. And the whole assembly took counsel to keep other seven days, and they kept other seven days with gladness. For Hezekiah, king of Judah, did give to the congregation a thousand bullocks and seven thousand sheep. And the princes gave to the congregation a thousand bullocks and ten thousand sheep, and a great number of priests sanctified themselves. And all the congregation of Judah, with the priests and the Levites, and all the congregation that came out of Israel, And the strangers that came out of the land of Israel and that dwelt in Judah rejoiced. So there was a great joy in Jerusalem. For since the time of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, there was not like, there was not the like in Jerusalem. Then the priests, the Levites arose and blessed the people and their voice was heard and their prayer came up to his holy dwelling place, even unto heaven. So I wonder if the Jews know about the second Passover. I've never heard any rabbi talk about the second Passover. They, they probably forgot about it. 
right? And so I wonder what day. So second, 14th day of the second month. So I guess they have to look for the new moon in the second month. Uh, and so to find the 14th day of the second month, that's very confusing. I, I, I think we'll sh- we should just stick with the solar calendar. <laughs> it yeah. makes the 14th day of the second month really easy to find. All right. So, chapter, 30, chapter uh, yeah, 31. Yeah, 31, yep. Now, when all this was finished, all Israel that were present <clears throat> went out to the cities of Judah and break the images in pieces and cut down the groves and threw down the high places and the altars out of all Judah and Benjamin and Ephraim also and Manasseh until they had utterly destroyed them all. Then all the children of Israel returned, every man to his possession, into their own cities. And Hezekiah appointed the courses of the priests and the Levites after their courses, every man according to his service, the priests and the Levites for burnt offerings and for peace offerings, to minister and to give thanks and to praise in the gates of the tents of Yahweh. He appointed also the king's portion of his substance for the burnt offerings, to wit, for the morning and evening burnt offerings and the burnt offerings for the Sabbaths and for the new moons and for the new and for the set feasts, as it is written in the law of Yahweh. Moreover, he commanded the people that dwelt in Jerusalem to give the portion of the priests and the Levites that they may be that they might be encouraged in the law of Yahweh. And as soon as the commandment came abroad, the children of Israel brought in abundance, the first fruits of corn, wine and oil and honey and of all the increase of the field. And the tithe of all the things brought they in abundantly. And concerning the children of Israel and Judah that dwelt in the cities of Judah, they also brought in the tithe of oxen and sheep, and the tithe of holy things which were consecrated unto Yahweh their God, and laid them by heaps. In the third month they began to lay the foundation of the heaps, and finished them in the seventh month. And when Hezekiah and the princes came and saw the heaps, they blessed Yahweh and his people Israel. Then Hezekiah questioned with the priests and the Levites concerning the heaps. And Azariah, the chief priest of the house of Zadok, answered him and said, Since the people began to bring the offerings into the house of Yahweh, we have had enough to eat and have left plenty, for Yahweh has blessed his people, and that which is left is this great store. Then Hezekiah commanded to prepare chambers in the house of Yahweh, and they prepared them and brought in the offerings and the tithes and the dedicated things faithfully, over which Conaniah the Levite was ruler, and Shimei his brother was the next, and Jehiel and Azaziah and Nahath and Asahel and Jeremoth and Josabad and Eliel and Ismachiah and Mahath and Benaiah were overseers under the hand of Conaniah and Shimei his brother at the commandment of Hezekiah the king and Azariah the ruler of the house of God. And Kor, the son of Imna, the Levite, the porter toward the east, was over the freewill offerings of God to distribute the oblations of Yahweh and the most holy things. And next him were Eden and Minamayim, Minaamon and Jeshua and Shimeah and Amariah and Shechaniah in the cities of the priests in their set office to give to their brethren by courses as well to the great as to the small. 
Huh, there was a person Sandra named Kinsman. Eden. Very interesting. Didn't catch that the first time around when we did this, like, what, uh, 15 years ago? <laughs> what, what was that? What there was a person, as an actual person named Eden. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, uh, I didn't catch that the first time around. You know, when no, we did I didn't. Either. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> Verse 16. Beside their genealogy of males, from three years old and upward, even unto everyone that enters into the house of Yahweh, his daily portion for their service in their charges according to their courses, both to the genealogy of the priests by the house of their fathers and the Levites from 20 years old and upward in their charges by their courses and to the genealogy of all their little ones, their wives and their sons and their daughters through all the congregation for in their set office, they sanctified themselves in holiness also of the sons of Aaron, the priests which were in the fields of the suburbs of their cities. In every several city, the men that were expressed by name to give portions to all the males among the priests and to all that were reckoned by genealogy among the Levites. And thus did Hezekiah throughout all Judah and wrought that which was good and right and truth before Yahweh his God. And in every work that he began in the service of the house of God and in the law and in the commandments to seek his God, he did with all his heart and prospered. Very good. Well, and, now we're going to find in, in uh, Ezra and Nehemiah that the books of genealogies were still in Jerusalem after the uh, the Judahites returned from Babylon. Okay, and that's how they were able to t- determine who was a priest and who wasn't a priest. So that uh, the this, the twenty four courses and the Levitical priesthood genealogies were reestablished coming back from Babylon. So we we hear from a lot of people, even Christian identians, falsely claiming that when the Judahites came back from Babylon, that that's when the religion of Judaism began. No, that's not true. The religion of Judaism uh, was, uh, how should I, f- uh, fermenting? <laughs> fermenting in Babylon, and, but the, the returning Judahites did not, did not practice it, although some of them did, and they had to be thrown out of the congregation. So, but that's just a, a rabbinical myth that said uh, that uh, upon the return to ba- from Babylon, the the Hebrews supposedly created a new religion called Judaism, and it's far different. It's a, and that's the modern Judaism we have today. That's what the rabbis claim. No, the modern Judaism we have today was established in Palestine during the hundred years before the advent of our Messiah. That's when they invent, That's when they started impersonating Judah and Israel. Okay, that's the real historical context there. So don't believe. Uh, and they reestablished. Well, we're just talking. They reestablished the feast days. They reestablished the Passover, tabernacles, uh, you name it. They they did it all. They reestablished the Sabbath. Okay. Uh, Hezekiah kicked out all of the merchants out of the city of Jerusalem as the sun was setting. He kicked them out. He said, you don't come back until the next morning because we're not supposed to do commerce on the Sabbath. So get out of here, and you're just going to have to survive out there. Hope you brought your tents. And uh, lie on the ground, because uh, there are no motels in those days, and you're just going to have to uh, tough it out until we open the gates again. All right? So that's our law, and you, uh, this is, uh, how should I put it, this, Dan, very important. 
the world is supposed to accommodate us, not vice versa. Back to you. Right. Yeah. Chapter 32. After these things and the establishment thereof, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came and entered into Judah and encamped against the fenced cities and thought to win them for himself. And when Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib was come and that he was purposed to fight against Jerusalem, he took counsel with his priests and his mighty men to stop the waters of, fountain, of the fountains which were, within the, with, were without the city, and they did help him. So there was gathered much people together who stopped all the fountains and the brook that ran through the midst of the land, saying, Why should the kings of Assyria come and find much water? Also he strengthened himself and built up all the wall that was broken and raised it up to the towers and another wall without and repaired Milo in the city of David and made darts and shields in abundance. And he set captains of war over the people and gathered them together to him in the street of the gate of the city, and spake comfortably to them, saying, Be strong and courageous, be not afraid nor dismayed for the king of Assyria, nor for all the multitude that is with him, for there be more with us than with him. With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is Yahweh our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah, all right, so, but Hezekiah made that statement before he saw the army, <laughs> right? <laughs> they were an immense army and, you know, with uh, all kinds of armor and uh, chariots and horses. You know, that, that was a heavy-duty army. Back to you. Verse 9, After this did Sennacherib, king of Assyria, send his servants to Jerusalem, but he himself laid siege against Lachish, and all his power with him. Unto Hezekiah king of Judah, and unto all Judah that were at Jerusalem, saying, Thus saith Sennacherib king of Assyria, Whereon do you trust, that ye abide in the siege in Jerusalem? Does not Hezekiah persuade you to give over yourselves to die by famine and by thirst, saying, Yahweh our God shall deliver us out of the hand of the king of Assyria? Has not the same Hezekiah taken away his high places and his altars and commanded Judah and Jerusalem, saying, You shall worship before one altar and burn incense upon it? Okay, and uh, sorry to interrupt here, but I just recently read an account of this episode from, uh, I, I forget the source, but uh, the author stated that uh, Sennacherib uh, was a, actually a scholar among the Assyrians and he was able to speak fluent uh, Hebrew. He was actually able to speak fluent Hebrew, and so he had re he commanded the attention of the Israelites here. Okay, so because a lot of these kings that they, they weren't uh, how should I put it, uh, you know, uh, scruff, uh, dog-eared rednecks, right? <laughs> they were they were cultured. They were brought up in the royal house. They probably spoke several languages and were able to communicate in several languages. Back to you. Okay, verse 13. Know you not what I and my fathers have done unto all the people of other lands? Were the gods of the nations of those lands any ways able to deliver their lands out of my hand? Who is there among all the gods of those nations that my fathers utterly destroyed that could deliver his people out of my hand, that your God should be able to, to deliver you out of my hand? 
Now, therefore, let not Hezekiah deceive you, nor persuade you on this manner, neither ye, neither yet believe him. For no God of any nation or kingdom was able to deliver his people out of my hand and out of the hand of my fathers. How much less shall your God deliver you out of my hand? And his servant spake yet more against Yahweh God and against his servant Hezekiah. He wrote also letters to rail on Yahweh God of Israel and to speak against him, saying, As the gods of the nations of other lands have not delivered their people out of my hand, so shall not the God of Hezekiah deliver his people out of my hand. Then they cried with a loud voice in the Jews' speech. I think that's a bad translation there. Right, uh, in the Judahite um, speech, right. Yeah, Judahites is yeah. what it should be, yeah. Right. Then they cried with a loud voice in the Judahite speech unto the people of Jerusalem that were on the wall to affright them and to trouble them, that they might take the city. And they spake against the God of Jerusalem, as against the gods of the people of the earth, which were the work of the hands of man. And for this cause Hezekiah the king and the prophet Isaiah the son of Amos prayed and cried to heaven. And Yahweh sent an angel, which cut off all the mighty men of valor, and the leaders and, the, and captains in the camp of the king of Assyria. So he returned with shame of face to his own land. And when he was come into the house of his God, they that came forth of his own bowels slew him there with the sword. Thus huh. Yahweh saved Hezekiah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem from the hand of Sennacherib, king of Assyria, and from the hand of all other, and guided them on every side. And many brought gifts unto Yahweh to Jerusalem, and presents to Hezekiah, king of Judah, so that he was magnified in the sight of all nations from thenceforth. Okay, and this this episode is confirmed in secular history as well. I forget whether it was both his sons or one son uh, seized this opportunity of his shame to execute their father and take over the kingdom, right? And that's in the secular records as well. So, again, the Bible is true and every atheist a liar. <laughs> All right, and agnostics too. Back to you. Verse 24, in those days, Hezekiah was sick to the death and prayed unto Yahweh, and he spake unto him, and he gave him a sign. But Hezekiah rendered not again according to the benefit done unto him, for his heart was lifted up. Therefore, there was wrath upon him and upon Judah and Jerusalem. Notwithstanding, Hezekiah humbled himself for the pride of his heart, both he and the inhabitants of Jerusalem so that the wrath of Yahweh came not upon them in the days of Hezekiah. And Hezekiah had exceeding much riches and honor. And he made himself treasuries for silver and for gold and for precious stones and for spices and for shields and for all manner of pleasant jewels. Storehouses also for the increase of corn and wine and oil and stalls for all manner of beasts and coats for flocks. Moreover, he provided him cities and possessions of flocks and herds in abundance, for God had given him substance very much. The same Hezekiah also stopped the upper watercourse of Gihon and brought it straight down to the west side of the city of David, and Hezekiah prospered in all his works. Howbeit in the business of the ambassadors of the princes of Babylon, who sent unto him to inquire of the wonder that was done in the land, 
God left him to try him that he might know all that was in his heart. Now the rest of the acts of Hezekiah and his goodness, behold, they are written in the vision of Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, and in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. And Hezekiah slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the chiefest of the sepulchres of the sons of David. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem did him honor at his death. And Manasseh, his son, reigned in his stead. And there were no Jews. There were only Judahites. Okay. Now, we have to get this across to Christian Israel that the word Jew does not belong in the Old Testament. And the only really accurate rendition of the word Jew in translating the New Testament is when we're talking about the scribes and Pharisees, the Sanhedrin, and the Edomites that had taken up residence in Judea alongside the Judahites. You, know, you can't have one word designate two completely different groups of people, especially when their DNA is completely different, right? It's like, mm-hmm. it's like saying, oh, we have cowboys and Indians. Let's just designate, oh, they're all Americans. No, okay. Now, wait a minute. There are two different types of Americans here we're talking about. There can't, mm-hmm. You can't use one word to describe them both. You have to make a distinction because God does, Yahweh does, and so does nature. Okay? Oh, by the way, while uh, I'm here, before I forget, I'm going to be uh, making a trip to Ohio, an overnight trip, and I anticipate I may or may not be able to do... Uh, uh, the restoration hour tonight, I definitely will be able to do uh, bloodlines in the morning, but probably won't be able to do Voice of Christian Israel. I'll put a note on the uh, show topics uh, on the uh, top page of the website. And I'm going to have uh, a, a, a webmaster uh, give me a blog on the webpage so that I can make announcements of this kind so people will know, you know what, what to expect on the coming weekend, all right? So I haven't had that before, so I'm going to be doing that uh, momentarily. So I can stay in touch with uh, listeners, and they'll know uh, my movements, and so the uh, ADL can track me down. (laughs) All right? And and Antifa and and the Black Lives Matter, like the good old days in Chicago when they were, you know, uh, sneaking around the places we would gather and and attack our people, right? That was commonplace in Chicago. Anyway, chapter 33. Chapter 33, and we got one of the worst kings coming up now. Manasseh was 12 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 55 years in Jerusalem. But did that which was evil in the sight of Yahweh, like unto the abominations of the heathen, whom Yahweh had cast out before the children of Israel. For he built again the high places which Hezekiah, his father, had broken down. And he reared up altars for Balaam, and made groves, and worshipped all the host of heaven, and served them. Also he built altars in the house of Yahweh, whereof Yahweh had said, In Jerusalem shall my name be forever. And he built altars for all the host of heaven in the two courts of the house of Yahweh. And he caused his children to pass through the fire in the valley of the son of Hinnom. And he observed, also he observed times, and used enchantments, and used witchcraft, and dealt with a familiar spirit, and with wizards. He wrought much evil in the sight of Yahweh to provoke him to anger. 
and he set a carved image, the idol which he had made in the house of God, of which God had said to David and to Solomon, his son, in this house and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen before all the tribes of Israel, will I put my name forever. Neither will I any more remove the foot of Israel from out of the land which I have appointed for your fathers, so that they will take heed to do all that I have commanded them, according to the whole law and the statutes and the ordinances by the hand of Moses. So Manasseh made Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to err and to do worse than the heathen, whom Yahweh had destroyed before the children of Israel. And Yahweh spake to Manasseh and to his people, but they would not hearken. Wherefore, Yahweh brought upon them the captains of the host of the king of Assyria, which took Manasseh among the thorns and bound him with fetters and carried him to Babylon. And when he was in affliction, he besought Yahweh his God and humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers and prayed unto him. And he was entreated of him and heard his supplication and brought him again to Jerusalem into his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that Yahweh, he was God. Okay, isn't it now, interesting how that if you humble yourself before our God Yahweh, sincerely of course, <laughs> right? Uh, he hears your prayers, and he will do good things for you. Mm-hmm. That's the way it works, folks. But you have to humble yourself, and you have to repent. Back to you. It's amazing how... Here, here was Hezekiah, one of the best kings, right? And then his son was one of the worst, and did all this stuff, exact opposite of his father, and yeah, you know, had to be had to be punished severely for it before he finally would humble himself. Right. Yeah. Well, obviously, you know, the children, you can try to raise your children properly, but every once in a while, there's a bad seed, right? <laughs> and, and I know everybody who has had children, you can have. Uh, Children who are just so opposite in personality, some are well-behaved and nice and courteous, and then the brother or sister can just be a little devil, right? And you can't control, can't control them. You know, I think every parent has gone through stuff like that. They rarely have a family that's all nice and calm and, and obedient, etc. Almost never happens. You know, there's always a bad seed in there somewhere. Back to you. And it goes to show what we were talking about last week. It. it our people can be just as bad as Jews. Yes, you know? that's right. Yeah, we don't need Jews to tell us how to be evil, right? Or to show yeah. us how to be, although they give a really good example of that, right? So mm-hmm. here, so here, Manasseh said, okay, my daddy died. Now I'm king. Look at me. Look at all the power that I have. And it goes to his head. Right, uh-huh. but exactly. uh, maybe maybe that was just a fleeting moment. He he learned quickly that <laughs> the real power is Yahweh and not him. All right, verse fourteen. Now after this, he built a wall without the city of David on the west side of Gihon in the valley, even to the inner end at the fish gate, and compassed about Ophel, and raised it up a very great height, and put captains of war in all the fenced cities of Judah. And he took away the strange gods and the idol out of the house of Yahweh and all the altars that he had built in the mount of the house of Yahweh and in Jerusalem and cast them out of the city. And he repaired the altar of Yahweh and sacrificed thereon peace offerings and thank offerings and commanded Judah to serve Yahweh God of Israel. Nevertheless, the people did sacrifice still in the high places, 
yet unto Yahweh their God only. Now the rest of the acts of Manasseh and his prayer unto God and the words of the seers that spake to him in the name of Yahweh, God of Israel, behold, they are written in the book of the kings of Israel. His prayer also and how God was entreated of him and all his sin and his trespass and the places wherein he built high places and set up groves and graven images before he was humbled. Behold, they are written among the sayings of the seers. So Manasseh slept with his fathers, and they buried him in his own house, and Ammon, his son, reigned in his stead. Ammon was 22 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned two years in Jerusalem. But he did that which was evil in the sight of Yahweh, as did Manasseh, his father. For Ammon sacrificed unto all the carved images which Manasseh, his father, had made, and served them, and humbled not himself before Yahweh, as Manasseh, his father, had humbled himself. But Ammon trespassed more and more, and his servants conspired against him and slew him in his own house. But the people of the land slew all them that had conspired against King Ammon, and the people of the land made Josiah, his son, king in his stead. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we might even get done with uh, Second Chronicles today. Please continue. Yep. Chapter 34. Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign, and he reigned in Jerusalem 31 years. And he did that which was right in the sight of Yahweh, and walked in the ways of David his father, and declined neither to the right hand nor to the left. For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was yet young, he began to seek after the God of David his father. And in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem from the high places and the groves and the carved images, and the molten images. And they break down the altars of Balaam in his presence, and the images that were on high above them. He cut down, and the groves, and the carved images, and the molten images he break in pieces, and made dust of them, and strode it upon the graves of them that had sacrificed unto them. And he burnt the bones of the priests upon the, their altars, and cleansed Judah and Jerusalem. And so did he in the cities of Manasseh, and Ephraim, and Simeon, even unto Naphtali, with their mattocks round about. And when he had broken down the altars in the groves, and had beaten the graven images into powder, and cut down all the idols throughout all the land of Israel, he returned to Jerusalem. Now in the eighteenth year of his reign, when he had purged the land and the house, he sent Shaphan, the son of Azaliah, and Maasah, the governor of the city, and Joah, the son of Jehoaz, the recorder, to repair the house of Yahweh his God. And when they came to Hilkiah, the high priest, they delivered the money that was brought into the house of God, which the Levites that kept the doors had gathered by the hand of Manasseh and Ephraim, and of all the remnant of Israel, and of all Judah and Benjamin, and they returned to Jerusalem. And they put it in the hand of the workmen, that had the oversight of the house of Yahweh. And they gave it to the workmen that wrought in the house of Yahweh to repair and amend the house. Even to the artificers and builders gave they it, to buy hewed stone and timber for couplings, and to floor the houses which the kings of Judah had destroyed. And the men did the work faithfully, and the overseers of them were Jahath and Obadiah, the Levites of the sons of Merari and Zechariah and Meshulam of the sons of the Kohathites to set it forward, 
and of the other Levites all that could skill instruments of music. And they were over the bearers of burdens and were overseers of all that wrought the work in any manner of service. And of the Levites, there were scribes and officers and porters. And when they brought out the money that was brought into the house of Yahweh, Hilkiah the priest found a book of the law of Yahweh given by Moses. And Hilkiah answered and said to Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of Yahweh. And Hilkiah delivered the book to Shaphan. And Shaphan carried the book to the king and brought the king word back, saying, All that was committed to thy servants, they do it. And they have gathered together the money that was found in the house of Yahweh and have delivered it into the hand of the overseers and to the hand of the workmen. Then Shaphan the scribe told the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book, and Shaphan read it before the king. And it came to pass the king had heard the words of the law that he rent his clothes. And the king commanded Hilkiah and Ahikam the son of Shaphan and Abdon the son of Micah and Shaphan the scribe and Isaiah the servant of the kings saying, Go inquire of Yahweh for me and for them that are left in Israel and in Judah concerning the words of the book that is found. For great is the wrath of Yahweh that is poured out upon us because our fathers have not kept the word of Yahweh to do after all that is written in this book. And Hilkiah and they that the king had appointed went to Huldah the prophetess, the wife of Shalom, the son of Tikvath, the son of Hazra, keeper of the wardrobe. Now she dwelt in Jerusalem in the college, and they spake to her to that effect. And she answered them, saying, Thus saith Yahweh God of Israel, Tell ye the man that sent you to me, Thus saith Yahweh, Behold, I will bring evil upon this place, and upon the inhabitants thereof, even all the curses that are written in the book which they have read before the king of Judah, because they have forsaken me, and have burned incense unto other gods, that they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hands. Therefore my wrath shall be poured out upon this place, and shall not be quenched. And as for the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of Yahweh, so shall you say unto him, Thus saith Yahweh God of Israel concerning the words which thou hast heard. Because thine heart was tender, and thou did humble thyself before God, when thou heard his words against this place, and against the inhabitants thereof, and humbled thyself before me, and did rend thy clothes and weep before me, I have even heard thee also, saith Yahweh. Behold, I will gather thee to thy fathers, and thou shalt be gathered to thy grave in peace. Neither shall thine eyes see all the evil that I will bring upon this place and upon the inhabitants of the same. So they brought the word, the king word again. Then the king sent and gathered together all the elders of Jerus Judah and Jerusalem. And the king went up into the house of Yahweh and all the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and the priests and the Levites and all the people, great and small. Okay, so why didn't, why didn't the translators, wherever you see Judah, why didn't they translate it as the Jews? Mm -hmm. they, they only did it a few times, uh, primarily mostly in the book of Esther. That's where you see the word Jew predominate, right? Everywhere else it's Judah, and it never should have been changed from Judah to Jew ever. All right, back to you. 
that word has caused so much confusion. That's right. That one word. It's just yes. a shame that it that they got it wrong just a yeah. few times that they did, just enough to, to mess up things for everybody and confuse yep. everybody. That was the intention. <laughs> mm-hmm. Those sly, crafty rabbis. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he, okay, I was on verse 30, and he read in their ears all the words of the book of the covenant that was found in the house of Yahweh. And the king stood in his place and made a covenant before Yahweh to walk after Yahweh, to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and with all his soul to perform the words of the covenant, which are written in this book. And he caused all that were present in Jerusalem and Benjamin to stand to it. And the inhabitants of Jerusalem did according to the covenant of God, the God of their fathers. And Josiah took away all the abominations out of all the countries that pertain to the children of Israel and made all that were present in Israel to serve, even to serve Yahweh their God. And all his days they departed not from following Yahweh, the God of their fathers. Okay, I wish we could say that today. Yeah. All right. Yep. Chapter 35. Moreover, Josiah kept the Passover unto Yahweh in Jerusalem, and they killed the Passover on the 14th day of the first month. And he set the priests in their charges and encouraged them to the service of the house of Yahweh and said unto the Levites that taught all Israel, which were holy unto Yahweh, put the holy ark in the house which Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, did build. It shall not be a burden upon your shoulders. Serve now Yahweh your God and his people Israel and prepare yourselves by the houses of your fathers after your courses, according to the writing of David, king of Israel, and according to the writing of Solomon, his son, and stand in the holy place according to the divisions of the families of the fathers of your brethren, the people, and after the division of the families of the Levites. So kill the Passover and sanctify yourselves and prepare your brethren that they may do according to the word of Yahweh by the hand of Moses. And Josiah gave to the people of the flock, lambs and kids, all for the Passover offerings for all that were present to the number of 30,000 and 3,000 bullocks. These were of the king's substance. And his princes gave willingly unto the people, to the priests and to the Levites, Hilkiah and Zechariah and Jehiel, rulers of the house of God, gave unto the priests for the Passover offerings 2,600 small cattle and 300 oxen. Conaniah also, and Shemaiah, and Nethaniel his brethren, and Hashabiah, and Jeel, and Josabad, chief of the Levites, gave unto the Levites four Passover offerings, 5,000 small cattle, and 500 oxen. So the service was prepared, and the priests stood in their place, and the Levites in their courses according to the king's commandment. And they killed the Passover, and the priests sprinkled the blood from their hands, and the Levites flayed them. And they removed the burnt offerings that they might give according to the divisions of the families of the people to offer unto Yahweh, as it is written in the book of Moses. And so did they with the oxen. And they roasted the Passover with fire according to the ordinance. But the other holy offerings sod they in pots and in cauldrons and in pans and divided them speedily among all the people. And afterward they made ready for themselves and for the priests, because the priests, the sons of Aaron, were busied in offering of burnt offerings 
and the fat until night. Therefore the Levites prepared for themselves and for the priests the sons of Aaron. And the singers, the sons of Asaph, were in their place, according to the commandment of David. And Asaph and Heman and Jedathun the king's seer, and the porters waited at every gate. They might not depart from their service, for their brethren, the Levites, prepared for them. So all the service of Yahweh was prepared the same day to keep the Passover and to offer burnt offerings upon the altar of Yahweh, according to the commandment of King Josiah. And the children of Israel that were present kept the Passover at that time and the feast of unleavened bread seven days. And there was no Passover like that, like to that kept in Israel from the days of Samuel the prophet. Neither did all the kings of Israel keep such a Passover as Josiah kept. And the priests and the Levites and all Judah and Israel that were present and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. In the 18th year of the reign of Josiah was this Passover kept. Okay, we better start keeping Passover because the judgment day is close, folks. <laughs> we, we have to behave as if the judgment day is right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Because it is. Verse 20. Yep. After all this, when Josiah had prepared the temple, Necho, king of Egypt, came up to fight against Carchemish by Euphrates, and Josiah went out against him. But he sent ambassadors to him, saying, What have I to do with thee, thou king of Judah? I came not against thee this day, but against the house wherewith I have war. For God commanded me to make haste. Forbear thee from meddling with God, who is with me, that he destroy thee not. Nevertheless, Josiah would not turn his face from him, but disguised himself that he might fight with him, and hearkened not unto the words of Necho from the mouth of God, and came to fight in the valley of Megiddo. And the archers shot at King Josiah, and the king said to his servants, Have me away, for I am sore wounded. His servants therefore took him out of that chariot and put him in the second chariot that he had. And they brought him to Jerusalem, and he died, and was buried in one of the sepulchres of his father. And all Judah and Jerusalem mourned for Josiah. And Jeremiah lamented for Josiah. And all the singing men and the singing women spake of Josiah in their lamentations to this day, and made them an ordinance in Israel. And, behold, they are written in the Lamentations. Now the rest of the acts of Josiah and his goodness, according to that which was written in the law of Yahweh, and his deeds first and last, behold, they are written in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. Amen. Now it actually refers to the book of Lamentations as well. And there are other aspects of the Bible where the book of Enoch and the book of Jasher are mentioned. So we have to take those seriously that uh, that's our literature. That's Israelite literature, not Jewish literature, as most people falsely believe. So, again, we ha we don't know whether the those books that have come down to us are totally accurate. But I, for having studied them with, uh, uh, with uh, Greg, Pastor Greg, for several years, I believe they're authentic and they agree with Scripture you know, 99% of the time, but you never know. You, you can't really trust all translations. Most of those translations are universalistic in character. Okay, I think we have time for chapter 36. Okay, 36. Judah's decline. Then the people of the land 
took Jehoahaz, the son of Josiah, and made him king in his father's stead in Jerusalem. Jehoahaz was 23 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned three months in Jerusalem. And the king of Egypt put him down at Jerusalem and condemned the land in a hundred talents of silver and a talent of gold. And the king of Egypt made Eliakim his brother king over Judah and Jerusalem and turned his name to Jehoiakim. And Necho took Jehoahaz, his brother, and carried him to Egypt. Jehoiakim was 25 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. And he did that which was evil in the sight of Yahweh his God. Against him came up Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and found him and bound him in fetters to carry him to Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar also carried of the vessels of the house of Yahweh to Babylon, and put them in his temple at Babylon. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoiakim and his abominations which he did, and that which was found in him, behold, they are written in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. And Jehoiakim, his son, reigned in his stead. Jehoiakim was eight years old when he began to reign, and he reigned three months and ten days in Jerusalem, and he did that which was evil in the sight of Yahweh. And when the year was expired, King Nebuchadnezzar sent and brought him to Babylon, with the goodly vessels of the house of Yahweh, and made Zedekiah his brother king over Judah and Jerusalem. Zedekiah was 21 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. And he did that which was evil in the sight of Yahweh his God, and humbled not himself before Jeremiah the prophet, speaking from the mouth of Yahweh. And he also rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar, who had made him swear by God, but he stiffened his neck and hardened his heart from turning unto Yahweh God of Israel. Moreover, all the chief of the priests and the people transgressed very much after all the abominations of the heathen and polluted the house of Yahweh, which he had hallowed in Jerusalem. And Yahweh God of their fathers sent to them by his messengers, rising up the times and sending because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. But they mocked the messengers of God and despised his words and misused his prophets until the wrath of Yahweh rose against his people till there was no remedy. Therefore, he had brought them the king of the Chaldees, who slew their young men with the sword in the house of their sanctuary and had no compassion upon young man or maiden, old man or him that stooped for age. He gave them all into his hand. And all the vessels of the house of God, great and small, and the treasury treasures of the house of Yahweh, and the treasures of the king and of his princes, all these he brought to Babylon. And they burnt the house of God, and break down the wall of Jerusalem, and burnt all the palaces thereof with fire, and destroyed all the goodly vessels thereof. And them that had escaped from the sword carried he away to Babylon. Where, there were, where they were servants to him and his sons until the reign of the kingdom of Persia, to fulfill the word of Yahweh by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths. For as long as she lay desolate, she kept Sabbath to fulfill threescore and ten years. Now yes. in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of Yahweh spoken by the mouth of Jeremiah might be accomplished. Yahweh stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, 
All the kingdoms of the earth has Yahweh, God of heaven, given me. And he has charged me to build him a house in Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is there among you of all his people? Yahweh, his God, be with him and let him go up. All right. Yes. Very good. End of the book of Second Chronicles. And in the uh, verse 21, it talks about the land Sabbaths, the fact that the Israelites and Judahites were not keeping the land Sabbaths during all this time. So 70 times 7. So every seventh year, the Israelites, all 12 tribes, were supposed to let the land rest. And so it could recover from, uh, you know, losing the various nutrients, okay? And so if we practice that land sap, especially the Jubilee, then uh, we're, we're, we're to prosper. But the Israelites hadn't been doing that, so Yahweh decided to punish them for a period of seven, 70 years for each for a seven-year land Sabbath that the Israelites had missed. So that's telling us that they hadn't practiced this for 490 years. <laughs> okay? Wow. Yeah. Okay, so how long is it uh, since our people have been practicing land Sabbath in the modern area, uh, era? Not too often, right, folks? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've Jud- never heard of it. Probably. Yeah, Judgment Day is I'm coming, gonna... folks. Yes, it's coming. All right. Great job, Dan. We're uh, right on time. Thanks for listening, everybody. Praise Yahweh, pass the ammunition. Bye-bye. See you next week.